Hello and welcome to the latest edition of our Director's Briefing podcast. In our last podcast, we answered questions that our members had sent in relating to the return to work, reopening of business and productivity. As things begin to open up, we're looking at what's ahead for the economy, for businesses and for policy. My name is Joe Fitzsimons. I'm a senior policy advisor here at the IOD, and I'm joined today by our chief economist, Tej Karek. Welcome, Tej. So, Tej, where are we at the moment? Uh, would you mind sort of setting the scene and, and telling us how the economy is keeping up? Sure. Hi there, Joe. Um, well, the first quarter was a tough one for many businesses. We saw, obviously, heightened restrictions. Many businesses were still adjusting to Brexit and, and still are, I should say. Um, but the economy was fairly resilient. And actually, we pretty much leave Q1 and at a point where the economy is around, you know, six to 7% smaller than it was before the pandemic um, kicked off. So basically what we see ahead now for the coming quarters is hopefully, you know, rapid growth and recovery. The forecasts have actually picked up for 2021, and that's partly on the back of how successful the vaccine rollout has been, and um, as a result of that, how well the reopening plan has gone into place. Um, and we know that obviously in June we should be, in terms of restrictions, back to you know the closest level of normality that we've been in in, in a while. So, based on all of those factors. The economy should be looking at growing around, you know, a very rapid seven or even eight percent this this year. So over the coming quarters, when the economy is now opened up again, it's likely that we're going to be seeing very rapid growth, a lot of consumer spending, and of course, many of our members trying to rescale their organisations. Thanks, Tej. And in terms of sort of the big policy issues now that the economy is opening up again, what what are those key policy issues? Yeah, in the short term, it's helping businesses to reopen successfully. Now, the question mark really is what is the state of restrictions after June? Uh, What are the new requirements around social distancing? Will there be social distancing? What role do other forms of restrictions play, such as the use of masks? And what about domestic vaccine passports. Um, There's still a lot of question marks, essentially. And I think businesses need to have clarity on, you know, what the world is going to look like after June, so they can actually start planning ahead. Now, many of them are scaling up as far as they think demand will be. But of course, the big kind of issue here is, is we don't know what the restrictions will be. We don't know what social distancing will be. And we don't know, therefore, what demand will be. So I think that's the first thing to clear up. And we know from the government that, you know, there is going to be really a decision on that imminently. And I think a lot of businesses will be looking at that one very closely. I mean, we should also say that it's very difficult to be 100% clear on the state of the world after June. You know, we're hearing risks about other variants, uh, you know, constantly all the time. And, you know, we're getting updates. So I think uh, a lot of business, there will still be some level of uncertainty for businesses. Um, nonetheless. Um, the second area is, of course, I feel like now that the economy is reopening, or we're at least this far through the reopening now, 
that actually we're, we're now shifting from the short term to the long term uh, insofar as economic policy is uh, being considered. So, you know, obviously the furlough scheme is still running, there's still the various other grants in place. But I think the discourse is less around, you know, extending these because the economy is going to be back up and running and more about looking at the big picture policies that actually would support the recovery from a more kind of um, structural perspective. Now, the economy is always going to be bouncing back because we're bouncing back from a very low base and a, and, and a, you know, a deep drop off in GDP last year. But to ensure that the recovery is this underlying structural thing that isn't just this temporary kind of pickup due to consumer spending, I think there's going to be a, a renewed focus on the key elements of the government's plan for growth. Um, and the key, key components of that is, of course, infrastructure, innovation and skills. And I, I think just quickly touching on some of those points. Uh, we know how how much startups have been affected by the pandemic and what role they can play in the recovery. Generally, you know, startups can scale, then they're taking on board new staff, boosting the employment numbers, they're leading to innovation. So there's a big consideration of how we can really support the startups in the UK. We've always had a, a strong population of startups. And we've been a kind of a hub for startups in Europe, but scaling them has been a challenge in the UK. And I think that's a key consideration of the government and a wise choice to kind of pursue if you're trying to actually create this underlying growth in the economy above and beyond the, the bounce back. There's always been this kind of issue around our infrastructure and upgrading it, both the physical infrastructure and also digital infrastructure. If, if people are going to be working from home, as we know a, a lot more often, then you know, to, to be a more inclusive economy, we need to look at how we can boost broadband connectivity um, across, uh, across the country, particularly in rural areas. And I think this will feed in more broadly into, of course, the government's levelling up agenda, which you know, effectively dovetails the plan for growth. And I guess on levelling up, it's just a case of getting more clarity on what that means. Um, I think from the perspective of businesses, levelling up is ultimately about ensuring that there is greater economic opportunity around the country. So how can we improve the business environment across the country and not just in London, the South East? How can we spread finance, the accessibility to skills as well? So, so you know, there's, a, there's a lot to be done on that front. Um, but I should add, obviously, the one component I haven't mentioned uh, from the plan for growth is the skills agenda. And uh, actually, I wanted to ask you, Joe. Um, now, I mean, obviously, there's always been this long term issue around skills, but we're already seeing a, in, in the short term, we're seeing a shortage of skills during the immediate recovery. I was wondering if you could speak to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is something we're, we're hearing more and more from members about. Um, you know, as you've mentioned, businesses are now looking to rescale, build back capacity. You know, many are very, very excited about the prospect of, of, of reopening. Um, but we are starting to see instances where finding the right workers is, is proving more challenging than it perhaps has been in the past. And particularly when we look at things like the hospitality sector, restaurants and bars and so on. Um, what we're starting to see is that there is some indication that 
individuals who perhaps have spent a large part of the past year on furlough um, and have been away from the business, they've been considering their own future career prospects and really trying to safeguard their position and make sure that it's less susceptible uh, to the type of disruption that we've seen during the pandemic. And so many have actually been seeking to reskill and and looking at other sectors and, and ways that they can grow their skill set moving forward. So we are going to see sort of demand, uh, business demand for specific skills really continue to to grow as things evolve. But at this at this point, as sort of many businesses are just reopening, uh, this week was sort of the, the, the next phase for many businesses reopening and uh, cinemas and many other things opening this week. We're yet to sort of see the full impact of this. There, of course, is also... Uh, the uh, the the point around sort of immigration. So we of course have a large number of uh, individuals who uh, would have moved here from the EU in the past, and it'll be very interesting as things reopen to see and and try to understand what has the impact of the pandemic and the end of the transition period been. Just how many of those individuals remain here in the UK, and and, and what might the future look like? Sure, I, I guess it's been some evidence to suggest also that workers that were either furloughed or, or made redundant in hospitality, leisure, industry during the pandemic have almost decided that they're, they're not going to try and look for work in the industry again and, and try and reskill and, uh, you know, look, look into other sectors, which I'm sure is also playing a role. So I, I guess once this kind of short term, you know, capacity issue plays out over the summer will then come into this period where there'll be these long-term underlying challenges in terms of the skills that the UK has been deficient in and also long-term trends you know generated I guess by the pandemic in the form of you know technological adoption and such surely that will also be playing a factor on the other skill shortages that we'll be facing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, many of the longer term skills challenges that we faced for for really many years now, many of those remain and, and some have been sort of exacerbated by the current situation. When we look at things like leadership and management, and um, they've always been really very high on the, the skills agenda for our members, um, often very challenging roles to fill um, and, and a strong link through to productivity within members organizations. I think there's been some really good development in this area. We've had sort of help to grow management announced uh, in in the in, in recent time, um, and that's essentially almost like a, a mini uh, MBA, and it's there to help organisations enhance their ability to uh, lead the growth of their business, to produce growth plans, and to achieve their business's potential. Um, it'll be delivered by business schools in collaboration with industry. Um, it's really aimed at those organizations that have between sort of five and 250 employees. Um, and, and we're learning more about the program at, at the moment. Um, it'll be 90% funded by the government. So there's a, a fee of about £750 payable by participants. But that, that will undoubtedly go some way to, uh, to supporting uh, members as they seek to kind of address management and uh, leadership within their own organizations. But I think the other the other challenge you've touched on there, Tej, is around digital. Um, 
you know, organ our members have had to, and and indeed all businesses have had to adapt very quickly, really overnight, um, to meet the the new needs of uh, the the demands placed on the organisation by the pandemic, and and moving to virtual delivery and uh, new methods of uh, reaching customers. That's been a real challenge for really everyone. Um, and so digital will continue to be one of those really front of mind priorities for members and for organizations to really try and get solved as, as quickly as possible so that they can, again, support the growth of their business uh, through through the future. Sure. And, and something that reminds me of something you've mentioned in the past is actually there are so many different skills policy policies out there. We saw the plan for jobs last year and a number of initiatives underneath that that builds on things such as the apprenticeship levy and various other policies announced under the you know the former i i should say now the former industrial strategy so it's, it's a very fragmented landscape and i know from conversations with members that they are looking for just you know essentially the ability to tap into the training landscape uh, to access courses, as you mentioned, leadership management and digital, that they can access around the clock and flexibly. And of course, that's been a, a bit of a challenge and it's quite confusing for them to access and understand everything at the moment. Um, I, I actually, I mean, that, that kind of touches on another thing. I mean, the other kind of area of skills that we're looking at is that, of course, there are new industries and sectors emerging. And obviously, one of those is the green industries, if you like. And um, I wondered if you had any kind of thoughts on basically how the recovery can can tie into this wider green industrial revolution and actually what the implications are for skills as well on, on that front yeah absolutely on green we know that it's sort of a growing um a growing priority for us all and certainly for business and um, many of our members are now uh, seeking to uh, get involved with this agenda as quickly as possible. We have COP26 approaching fast uh, in the coming months uh, towards the end of this year. And uh, many of our members are signing up to the race to zero uh, by 2030, 40 or 50. Um, of course, the implication on skills is really in the future, all jobs are essentially green jobs. And um, so there's a need for, for jobs at all levels across all sectors and organizations to uh, to adapt and to to change and grow uh, to become green but the key challenge here particularly for SMEs is again it's it's quite a complex uh, landscape it's it's really challenging for members to know where exactly they should start in a way it's not knowing what you don't know in many ways knowing where to start what you can do to have an immediate impact and you know how to build that longer term green sort of strategy and agenda. Um, but there's no doubt, you know, members are very committed to this and, and it's a big opportunity um, for business. And, and that's definitely something that they recognize. I suppose thinking about ourselves at, at the IOD, we're doing a huge amount of work um, relating to the, the green industrial revolution, relating to net zero and, and this whole agenda. So we'll be uh, later this week uh, launching our sustainable business hub uh, this Friday, in fact, so uh, tomorrow, uh, we're, we're looking forward to that launching. And that is really aimed at supporting members with what steps they can take, useful resources, useful tools, um, and advice and guidance. We'll also be running 
lots of events around the the IOD, um, all aimed again at at helping members understand where they can start and and what steps they they should now take. But the yeah, I think that the overwhelming uh, message we're, we're getting from members is that they they recognise the importance of this agenda. They absolutely are committed to uh, getting involved, and indeed they see the opportunity. And um, because that's you know that's how this should be viewed as is is a great opportunity for for us all and for business. So thank you, uh, thank you very much, Tej, for this excellent discussion. It's been great exploring these different issues, and no doubt uh, we'll be uh, continuing to keep our uh, finger on the pulse of these issues. Thank you to everyone at home who's joined us today. And um, we'll be back again very soon with further policy insights and updates.